Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. I'm Tony Wink. With me in the studio is Roman Avila and PJ Dorn. Scott Casper, as, as absent today with, uh, I don't know, he's sick or something. He's, uh, yeah, it's something. Yeah. something. yeah, so we wish him the best. Hopefully he'll be ready to roll next week. So Eli Tomac scored yet another win, but his perfect season has come to a halt. At the uh, high point round, it was Eli Tomac with a 2-1 win, and Marvin Muskin putting it on him in that first moto with a 1-2, and it was Justin Barsha in third with a 3-5 score. And in the 250 class, it was Aaron Plessinger with a perfect day, going 1-1. Austin Forkner with a 4-2 in second, and then Justin Cooper, 3-4. We actually have Justin on the show today. Also joining us on the show, we're going to have Jessica Patterson, Chris Moeller, uh, who's the founder of Pit Fund, a cloud-based web, mobile, and social media platform built for the racing community. And we're going to talk to him about that. Shane McElrath is, is going to join us, as uh, well as um, you, our listeners. We appreciate everybody listening. Um, Oh, Tyler O'Hara, of course. we have uh, He's raced a number of, of races. Tyler O'Hara has uh, been a guy that we've had on over the years. Very fast road racer. and uh, as Super well as cool Fletcher. guy. Yeah, super, super cool guy. guy. So, so uh, without further ado, Jack, if you would, let's bring on our first guest. Justin Cooper grew up in uh, Cold Spring Harbor, Long Island. We've had him on before and uh, turned pro last year. Racing with the Star Racing Monster Energy Yamalube Yamaha team. What's up, Justin? How are you? I'm doing good. Just... Uh Riding away here in California. Yeah, how's how's California treating you? Uh, I'm more of an East Coast guy, so uh, <laughs> a, little, a little hard on me, but we're getting it done out here. Yeah, yeah. but the traffic is so much fun, uh, right? Oh, that would yeah, drive me nuts. You can't be in rush hour, dude. You plan your whole day around traffic. Yeah, basically. Well, let's talk about a little bit of motocross. You're doing well, man. You, you finished uh, third on the boxes this. this uh, this last race at High Point, your uh, your starts are incredible. Talk about it. Yeah, uh, two podiums in a row now. So just uh, proving that um that the first one wasn't a fluke, and it was good to back that one up. And uh, the whole shots were, I think, the most important most most important part of the day. It was uh been really working on my starts lately with the team, and I think uh, we've got them down to where we need them to be. What did you think of the track? To be honest, I'm I've never ridden there and I'm a northeast guy, so a couple of these tracks I haven't ridden yet. So the, this one was kinda caught caught me off guard a little bit. It was it was pretty technical with the the ruts being so difficult. Nah, the the only reason they're difficult is because the you know, the elevation and the track. So you'd be going through these off camber sweepers and you, it was easy to like get off balance, I guess. And uh yeah, that was uh the main uh, thing with, I think, all the riders, it was just the ruts were really hard to figure out there. Were you? Would you say that you were almost getting stood up in the rut? In a way, they were so deep that you couldn't really, you really had to nail them in order for it to be smooth. It was just really easy to get off balance because of the, because you were always turning on a hill or yeah. into a hill or something like that. It looked pretty technical to me. Uh, 
the ruts looked pretty deep. Um, and you could see some of the, you know, the guys that had some, some unfortunate crashes or tip overs were because they were either dragging something in the rut or, you know, they were just getting off balance. Um, it always, it always, to me, it's, it's, uh, it's funny to watch when, when you guys at your level, Justin, struggle because I know there's no chance any of us, and, I, and we race, you know, like we race motocross, and there's no chance any of us wouldn't look like a complete idiot going through those corners and stuff because it's like, if, and of course we wouldn't have to go that speed, but, you know, the ruts that you guys make, you have to be going so fast to go through them, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's just impressive. You being a fairly young pro or young as a pro, this is what, your sophomore year, right? Um what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the national tracks compared to what you grew up racing? I mean, do you, is it are you still adjusting? You said this one caught you off guard. Uh yeah, they're just they just prep them a little bit different compared to the amateurs. Uh, they uh they want to bring the the best out of their tracks, and I think they really dig them deep and overwater them. They want they want the tracks to gnarly because that's what Lucas Oil Pro Motocross is supposed to be. So that's uh that's pretty much the only difference. I mean. The tracks just get a lot gnarlier, and so obviously the racing is a lot longer. So uh, yeah, just not to mention that the ruts were just so long there. Like once you got into one, I felt like you were in it forever, and very easy to cross rut and all that kind of stuff. So uh, all the way to the next crashing. corner. Yeah, we were, we saw a lot of crashes with two fifty class, so definitely not what we want. But it's definitely challenging on the riders out there. Well, it's. A separator, though, right? I mean, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, you want that, don't you? I mean, you want to try to separate out the guys that can just pin it and go fast versus, you know, guys that have technical riding ability, um, have natural ability on the bike versus just any Joe Schmo that can just twist, twist the throttle. Twist and go. Yeah. Yeah, I think as we we'll see the tracks getting a little bit more difficult because we have uh, the first I would say the first three rounds weren't as this one was definitely the toughest one. Now that we're getting into the East Coast rounds and we're more and the heat's going up, it'll be uh, a lot more to separate everyone out there compared to the first three rounds, I think. Well yeah, you're gonna get sorry, PJ. You're gonna get a lot more humidity. You're gonna hit the better dirt. Obviously you're not gonna have that powdery stuff in California that they want to call dirt but you're gonna hit some black dirt clay whatever it is it's a lot more challenging i think because of the ruts exactly like you just said they're putting a lot of crap in the in those outdoor tracks in california i mean there's right and justin you comment on that they're doing it everywhere they're adding so much sand and so much so much stuff to to uh you know so you guys can form ruts and good lines and retain moisture i mean they're doing it at loretta's i'm sure you you i know you did justin as an amateur because i watched you down there um you know and it's uh you're dealing i think you're dealing with a lot less unless you go talking about washugo or something i think there's a there's there's some consistency would you agree around that how deep they're ripping the tracks and how wet they're getting them and adding sand and mulch and who knows what yeah yeah i mean you're always gonna expect ruts out there at a national track the way they cut it and water it they dig it deep they they expect it to get gnarly and big breaking bumps and big ruts so I'm I'm sure from here on out, I mean, you're going to get more of the same as we saw at, at High Point. As the season is where, you know, gets going, 
and the heat comes up, do you guys have to retune? I've you know, short of the mud bog races that we've all seen, and then radiators plug up and machines cook and guys don't finish. Do you have? Uh, do you have to? I mean, do the, is there anything special that happens as the heat goes way up? Other than, of course, for your body, you drink a lot more water. Yeah, as far as bike work, I have no idea, but I know that a lot more hydration <laughs> and nutrition and all that stuff comes into play. And uh, it's very, very important to keep your body fueled up for those long runs in the heat. We're talking with Justin Cooper, and, and uh, fortunately, one of the the downsides of the sport and motocross, and as a lot of sports, is injuries. Um, you had an injury. If remind me, was it Houston Supercross? Yeah, it was at Houston. Yeah, when you had a it was a practice crash, and and that was a pretty serious one. Um, can you kind of talk about uh, what what the recovery has been like for you? Because it was uh, it was ribs, and wasn't it something with your vertebrae or something? Yeah, it was right next to my spine. So like all the ribs in my back, I broke T two through T ten in my back. So. Wow. It was a, uh, it was really rough, but at the same time, it was uh, I kind of needed a little bit of a break. But that's not the kind of break I was looking for, but I needed a little bit of a break because I was on like a two-year just grinding and out from amateurs and uh, getting into this pro stuff. Do you? Uh, we, we we're touching upon it as your uh, health is coming around. You're clearly on the gas. How long is a 250 motors or 25 minutes and some laps? Is that right? Currently outdoors? 30 plus. 30 plus two 30 laps. plus two, just like the, been that way forever, just like the 450s. Oh, it is? Yep. I thought they moved it around. Boy, you're into road racing. You're right. This is a, <laughs> I'm asking silly questions. <laughs> no, but it's it's a grind, yeah. isn't it? I mean, 30 minutes is long enough. To, uh, do, you, do you carry a hydro bag? I mean, it seems like I'd want a drink. A small one. <laughs> I haven't sure. seen that since Michael Lessie. Do you remember when he did that? I, I don't. I definitely don't remember that. He oh, might. Yeah. He might have been a younger. Awesome. He might have been a young kid at that point. In yeah. Time. What do you? He was in diapers when Michael Lessie was fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not your fault, Justin. You're doing just fine. How you're doing it? So just, just keep going the way you're going because those starts and those hole shots, obviously, are getting people's attention. What's your uh, what's your living situation like out in California? I'm actually living with uh, my team manager. How is that? Uh, keeps uh, you keeps you focused. Yeah, good program. Yeah, good program over here. Good. Good. How long are you with Star? Uh, just resigned for another two years after the team so through 2020. You um, you've you've really I felt like um. You know, when you at Anaheim one, I remember you. You were a top ten guy, and I thought that was, you know, Anaheim is such a a uh, question mark for everybody, and I, and I don't think it defines anybody's season ever. I mean, you can, you know, you can have a guy that just really off, and then the next time, you know, by San Diego or even by Texas, he's 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 on it. Um, but uh, uh, you came in as a, a really hot amateur, and uh, one thing we've talked about a lot on this program is you don't get to grow up racing supercross as an amateur so it's really uh you know some guys take to it some guys prefer outdoors what's your what's your position would you rather be you enjoy outdoors more or do you enjoy supercross because you're doing very well in outdoors yeah well i've always we all know that amateurs don't do supercross so i've always been 
riding outdoor and that's what I'm used to. So I think we have like four months on Supercross before the start of the season. And I was actually starting to like it. And uh, just kind of a freak accident at the second round. I felt good at Anaheim 1. I uh, had a little couple of crashes in the races that kind of hindered my result a little bit. But I think I would have been a top five to a podium guy for the rest of the season if I didn't get injured. And speaking of said injury, I mean, I hear T2 through T10, if I heard that right. That's a lot of your back. Do you have lingering issues from it? I mean, is it is it hampering you in any way that you're feeling when you're in the in a moto? No, I actually uh, I took the right amount of time off, and I think it was like eight weeks, and then I got just slowly got back into riding, and by the time the, the first outdoor came uh came around i had about i think three months on the bike so we had so many motos down already and we were just getting these routers that we were, we were like over prepared you know and as far as um training goes and that kind of thing we've you know that's something we've seen people get they get burned out before the season's over and they're not you know we see guys that get fatigued like i've seen bar and that kind of thing um and you say you're on a good program as far as training goes um how much time are you on the bike? I mean, I know that I've, we've heard a lot of guys, they, you know, they only ride two, three times a week at the most. And then the, the rest is spent in the gym and on a cycle or a bicycle, I should say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you don't want to now all the work's pretty much done. It's just maintaining your, your, I guess your, how do you call it? Your fitness at this point. So, uh, we ride like two days tops a week, maybe even one some of the weeks, because uh, we're we're in California now, so we gotta get on the flight back over to the East Coast. We just do a little bit of, uh, I guess, bike work, gym work, and obviously a little bit of cycling. So uh, yeah, once that's done, we, we're headed back over to the East Coast. We're kind of just maintaining the fitness right now. Nothing too crazy. We're just Staying active. So, what's next? Uh, Muddy Creek, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Are you? Uh, did you race there as an amateur too? Yeah, this is uh, one of the first tracks that I've actually even ridden at. I, I raced there twice. I had a big bike regional there for Loretta's, and then I had a actually raced the race after the amateur day after the national there a few years ago. So, so the- a little bit more familiar on this one. The uh, I've never ridden there. I mean, I've been there, of course, for the race, but um, I have I haven't ridden that track. And a lot of them, I try to ride, uh, just you know, just cause, obviously because I ride, but I race. But um, that track to me seems like it's so narrow, and uh, that's been talked about before. Is it does it feel narrow as a when you guys are when there's forty of you out there? It really is. It is narrow. Um... And the the other problem with that track is the last couple of years they haven't ripped it the way they should have or watered it the way they should have, so it's kind of been like a highway, mm-hmm. and that just makes it very terrible. So I'm pretty. If I looked at the, I don't think I looked at the weather a couple of days ago, and it's been it says rain all week over there. So that'll probably mean they'll flatten it again, and they will not rip it because they don't want it to be a mess. But I'm hoping that they're going to be able to make it a little bit earlier than it has been in the past. Yeah, we need a mutter, don't we? Yeah, we do for sure. <laughs> I think that's bound to happen. And uh, I'm a good mutter rider. Uh, 
think I proved that last year in my debut. Absolutely. I second my day. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. being from the East Coast, of course you want it to be muddy at some point, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, um, and also Southwick is coming up. That's a you know, legendary track. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool that you guys are getting to race that again. Uh, for whatever reason, we all love Southwick. You know, that's one Everybody of Everybody does. Yeah, well, we all like Redbud and and, and uh, Millville and, and, right. and Washougal, of course. Um, and then what do you do? You go to Unadilla. You got a lot of – how far did you grow up from Unadilla? Do you have a lot of family there? Yeah, we're about four hours from there. So that's probably one of the ones that everyone will come to for me. But uh, we actually – Southwick's about three hours, so – I've been riding sand all my life, so that's, that's probably the one I'm looking the most forward to this year. Nice. Well, Justin, we're uh, we're out of time, but you have an opportunity to, to thank some of your sponsors, maybe some of the people that are helping you go racing week in and week out if, you, if you'd like to. Yeah, I guess my whole Yamaloo Star Racing team, Monster Energy, they've been, uh, they've been with me since uh, the start of my pro career, and uh, I've how it's going to continue it looks like so just a big shout out to them for keeping me on the right track through these uh races all right man good job it's good having you on again all right thanks for having me all right, we're going to take a break. We want to thank Wiseco Performance Products, carrying a full line of forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets, clutch hubs, crankshafts, forged connecting rods, valves, and more for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine, and automobile on the planet. For one name, one solution, visit Wiseco.com. We'll be right back. This is Pit Pass. Hi, this is Chris Carr, multi-year uh, flat track racer, former World Land Speed record holder. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Hello again, everybody. It's Scott Casper for Jack Daly on Construction. You've got projects that need to be done. Basement, refinish, kitchen, bathrooms. How about this? Need more room? Call Jack Daly on Construction. They've been serving Iowa for nearly 70 years. Right now, you can finish your basement before April 30th. Spend at least $25,000. I'm going to get you a 55-inch flat screen TV. Call Jack Daly on Construction Incorporated. Serving Iowa since 1946. Call them. 32 321-5225. 321-5225 is Jack DeLeon Construction. Hi, this is Dean Wilson, number 15. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Welcome back to the show. I want to thank Racetech, the science of suspension for nearly 30 years. Racetech has been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools, including gold valves. For most types of motorcycles and ATVs, visit their website at racetech.com. We just finished up a conversation with young Justin Cooper, who is doing very well this season in the Outdoor Motocross Nationals. Now we're going to go to Traveler's Rest Motocross, JP Money. Jessica Patterson joins us, one of our old friends of the show, and, and it's good to have you on. What's up, JP? How are you? Hey, you guys, I'm good. Just uh, staying busy, that's all. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's how it goes when you own a motocross facility and a car track. And uh, uh, for anybody that's not heard our previous <laughs> conversations, quickly tell us what Traveler's Rest is, please. Um, it's a small little town, a little bit north of Greenville, South Carolina. And um, it's uh, we have a speedway. It's Traveler's Rest Speedway, and there's um, we have uh, dirt car racing, flat track. We have a new night track that we built, and motocross. So we have a little bit of everything going on over there. So is the name of the town Traveler's Rest, or is that just the name of your park? <laughs> no, it actually is the, the name of Traveler's Rest. I was pretty blown away by the name of it at first, too. I, I had no idea there was even such a town, and... I guess the history behind it all is right at the base of the Smoky Mountains. Um, so I guess, you know, when the weather was super bad into the mountains or snowing or whatever it may be, a lot of people stopped in this area and, and stayed and, and rested, I guess, for the night until they could go up to the mountains. So they take it. So this was like a stopping point. For so they take a rest, maybe could, maybe watch a night race or something. and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't know how it went back then, but uh, so, it was something like that. So when you guys took this thing over, you being a obviously a motorcycle racer and having that background, you guys got into stock car racing. And uh-huh. it, so that's interesting to me because that is a completely different breed of person. 
It is a different. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's really crazy. And we obviously had no clue. All, racing background, but it's totally different, like you said, and different, a way different type of people and all that stuff. But we, um, you know, we got offered it. We, we debated it for a bit. We weren't really sure because obviously not ever racing, you know, or being around it very much. And um, we ghosted the people for like three weeks. And then we went, actually went to Loretta's and we were talking about it and we were coming back and we kind of had to make a decision. And I said, I don't know, Eddie. I said, screw it. Let's just try it. See what happens. And, uh, but yeah, ever since uh, we officially took over September 1st. And so we, we've owned it since then. And now, uh, it's, it's wide open over there, but it's, uh, been a, huge learning curve and has been, you know, you have to learn everything so quick. So sometimes it gets super stressful, but, uh, it's been, uh, it's been fun at the same time. And it definitely is a different breed over there. <laughs> do you guys do, uh, when I hear NASCAR and my experience living in Chicago, around Chicago, there's so many Indiana speedways and ever, and I went to them cause they would have killer events like, Figure eight demos on Friday night. And trailer trailer races. Trailer races where they tra- where they try to the last guy with a trailer attached to his car right. wins. <laughs> yeah. Do you do that kind of stuff too? No, we haven't we haven't gone that far into it yet. We have the ideas and stuff, but um, we haven't gotten that deep. In- you never go full redneck. Yeah, and JD, that, yeah. it was right there. I loved just, it. I just mean, may, I loved just it. maybe start out baby steps so do school so do, bus racing yeah school bus racing right but do short bus short may, bus racing. Or maybe com- yeah, short bus racing maybe a demo derby with combines yeah yeah that's been done i've never seen it and that would be amazing that would be amazing <laughs> let me ask you this jessica has eddie been punched by any stock car drivers or their their crew more importantly Not their wives the- <laughs> no well the wives get into it. They want to fight each other. And then, <laughs> of course, we have huge crews. And our our track has even been on that uh, TV show, Live TV. Um, we, we've had some crazy stuff happen. And there's at least at least one fight a week. And I'm always scared that Eddie's going to get into the middle of it. But luckily, we have um, we have three cops that come every week and, and stay there um, oh, boy. You know, until we, we leave. So... Uh, it, they it, have to follow you out <laughs> while the gates being locked. I'm waiting for it to happen, but uh, it hasn't happened yet. They follow you out. With, you're carrying the money bag, and you got got they're 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 half stepping with their hand on their hip, ready so, to shoot yeah. somebody. <laughs> what I'm hearing though now, Jessica, is that there might be an opportunity for some personal security. Ooh, Roman, there's a little part time gig if you could just. Commute, it's a short commute. It's a yeah, short, short, commute. short commute, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it's not a short commute, but it would be fun. It's on my bucket list right now. Our, our guest is Jessica <laughs> Patterson, who's a very famous a women's motocross racer, and now talking about her her and her husband, Eddie Ray, who are running the Travelers Rest MX um, facility. And uh, you got a big motocross race coming up June 30th. Talk about that. Yeah, it's actually June 30th, July 1st. So, like I said, we built a new night track in the middle. And um, so I'm making it, you know, we had a Tim Cotter called and he asked me if I would be interested in, in hosting a WMX event. And um, I told him I was actually about to start building a, another track in the middle, too. And 
he's like, he calls me back the next day and he's like, what if I gave you a double header? Could you put the purse up for two days? And I said, I could make it work because I planned on kind of making my WMX event a little bit bigger just because of, you know, it being mine and in the past and, you know, racing and everything of, of what I kind of got, you know, and, and just wanting to kind of take care of them and, and do it things like how I liked it and, and how we were treated. So, um, I just wanted to kind of give back a little bit more and do a little bit extra for them. And so I said, yeah, that's no problem. So we actually have a race on June 30th on our night track. And um, then the next day we have an, uh, another race, which is um, part of the Victory Sports Ultra Series and um, round six of the WMX Series. Well, I, I, I think that that's... will be on our big track. I think that's awesome. Uh, you are... You are the OG of WMX, and, and no disrespect to Mercedes Gonzalez, and nobody knows that oh, name yeah, besides yeah. you and me, probably. But I know. Okay, Roman May, but uh, <laughs> she was good looking too. I used to. Okay, great. I used to, I used to see her at the races. Um, Super. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> WMX, I, I've we have had many many conversations with women racers that felt like they have been shortchanged. Um, I think yeah. they've been shortchanged. You you went and rode GNCCs and because of that situation. Can you kind of talk about that? Where's WMX now? And uh, is there is it a is it a viable series? Yeah, I mean, honestly, right now with with the talent of riders and even the younger ones coming up, I think it would be an awesome series. It it just needs you know. It needs the backing money-wise, supposedly, and all that good stuff. But which we were fortunate enough to hit it at a big boom, like when I raced, and the manufacturers were 100% into it, and they weren't scared to fork out the money, you know. And um, obviously, with the them stepping back a little bit and not wanting to fork out as much ever since the whole crash and all that stuff, uh, it's been a little bit harder. And I I think it will be that way um, for a bit until you you do find that one person that is ready to to back it a hundred percent. So um, it, it's kind of a shame because there is such a good field of, of talent right now with girls and even the younger ones that I think the racing, if you could put it on, um, you know, like the tracks that we went on that were you know super gnarly and just definitely you know 100 percent show your skills so um i think that would be really cool to and i think there'd be more girls that would be willing to come over and do that kind of stuff too meaning from like europe and stuff if they knew that our series was just as big as theirs over there i, I agree with you jessica i i think um when you were at your peak in racing you guys had factory rides with you know whether yeah. it be honda yamaha or whoever um and you know the series was big and then we started seeing it kind of fall down a year it would go to you know you guys would race uh, like uh on sunday or whatever and then now it's mm -hmm. no more than like a glorified amateur event is is how yeah. it, i see it now granted it's still a professional women's motocross event but yeah, but if you look at the Roman, if you look at the schedule, I mean, it, they start at our at Ricky Carmichael's yeah. race, and then, you know, in the spring championship, the, the freestone thing is is a big deal, and then they go to Tomahawk, and then, obviously, High Point, um, and then Jessica's race, and then they're at Loretta's, and and then 
you know, the cat daddy of all tracks, if you ask some people, the Iron Man. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, no. I, I think it's it's uh, an event that, and I'll tell you this too, Je- Jessica, you, we've interviewed so many women, young women on this program over the years, and mm-hmm. so many of them have said you were their inspiration to uh really yeah oh yeah absolutely, absolutely. every mm-hmm. single one of them absolutely every, every single one of them mentions your name because they say we always ask who did you look look up to over the years and of course it's jp money right so <laughs> so be proud of yourself really because i tell you the you know I, there's a reason why tim's calling you saying let's have the jessica patterson classic because yeah you know i mean you're that's uh well and your facility is amazing and the uh, the area that you have and Everything that you've done, your your motocross academy that you have going, all these other things that you have is just more proof in the pudding that... I love pudding. Well, <laughs> we know. Chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it, yeah it's, it's, been, it's been crazy, but, um, you know, I definitely, when I had the chance and he asked me about it, I jumped on it because, you know, like y'all saying, that we, we had it amazing and I've, that's always kind of been... It was not really a, a dream or goal of mine, I guess. But when I I got this, the whole talks of it, I was like, man, that would be cool to get a WMX and kind of give back a little bit and and you know make something cool for the women, do something different that a lot of the the other races don't do, and and more kind of like how I had things, I guess. And um, so. It's it just crazy how it all happened, and and yeah, like you said, Tim got gave me that call, and I jumped right on it, and so yeah, we're having a two day event now, around fifth and sixth, and then also um, we're having a couple girls from Europe. We're having a Kiara Fontanese coming over. Oh, cool! And uh, Larissa Pappenmeyer's coming over too. So, oh, that's nice. awesome! Um, that will help. That will help uh, spice it up a little bit, also. I think. So, do you? Will it be a, a What are the classes we have? I mean, we you'll have regular amateur classes and mini bike classes and that kind of thing too. Yeah on on a Saturday night we're we're not going to have you know all <laughs> like twenty five different classes. You know, um, we're going to try to on uh, Saturday morning from nine to twelve we're having practice on our big moto track, and then uh, from three till 10 three o'clock we're going to start um practice on the night track and then you know race that night but i don't want it i didn't want it to be super late so everybody could be ready for the next day you know so we kept it pretty simple of where we have a men's pro women's pro vet pro and then we have like you know a 50 class 250 classes a 65 like two different 85 classes and then uh college boy school boy and then open b c and d that's so, still a ton of classes. I mean, for yeah, but it's a night track. You'll ten. Yep. Um, yeah. So let me ask you this: me being a, a, a fellow track owner, promoter, mm-hmm. with two with more than one track, and doing the same thing as far as track prep goes, oh. you're talking about a butt kicker. Your your yeah. staff, you're working. I on. I tell people I have never worked so hard in my life. <laughs> Like racing and training was the easiest thing I've ever done compared to this. So, um, are you set up for track prep? Oh yeah, I, I, I'm. I think the thing is, is you know, since since I feel like you know I'm, I'm part of like you know motocross is obviously my life, so I feel like that's where I put a hundred percent of my effort into it, 
And so Eddie and I are both in, like, we have our track guys, but him and I are still on top of everything. Like, I'm on the water truck. I'm doing everything still fully. You know, I'm staking. Whatever I got to do, I'm I'm there doing it just because I feel like I need to be 100% into it and part of it. So um, I'm there working <laughs> like like crazy. But like I said, we do have our really good track guys. And luckily for the car stuff, um, we don't have to fiddle with that too much. So the car races are pretty easy for me, like, you know, meaning track-wise. But the motocross stuff is uh, it's a lot of work for sure. It, it's a handful. Of course. Well, you being a seven-time WMX champ, uh, I'm sure that uh, if if anybody could do it, you could do it. <laughs> I figured it out, that's for sure. But I just, you know, I think the thing is, is when you get on that water truck or the tractor and you know how the track, you how you want it to be, it's like you, you put so much effort into it and you want it to be so perfect that when the people start riding, it's like, you're just like, oh, it's so amazing. It's, oh, yeah. it's kind of hard to explain because it's so weird being on the other side of the fence now, but I, I still want to put a hundred percent effort into it. No, I, get, I no. totally get it. I, I, I'm the same way. I he mean, is. I, I pride myself on track prep. If anything, <laughs> anything yeah. you're going to know that we're going to be organized and the track's going to be sweet. So no matter yep, what mother nature good. throws at us, we got her, you know, if anybody <laughs> right? can do it. Yep. So, Hey, uh, I, I, we're out of time, but I, I wanted to run this by it is, uh, I assume you guys are so busy. Eddie Ray's not doing Loretta's. No, no, no. <laughs> He's not doing less. We what was that, two years ago? That. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, I, I mean, 14? a few years ago, yeah, he, he went for it, but uh, we don't have no time for that. 10-4. Well, good luck with your event. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me, and uh, hopefully uh, we see some of you all out there. All right. Be great. What's I the website? Um, BigOakMX.com. What is it? BigOakMX.com. BigOakMX.com. We also have yep. um, TRSpeedwaySC.com. All right, Jessica, thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It's Pit Pass. Hey, this is Mike Lafferty, eight-time National Enduro Champion, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA Closure System race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike 
For more information, visit flyracing.com. It's much more than a piston company. Wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products, including forged pistons, precision forged clutch baskets and hubs, crankshafts, camshafts, forged connecting rods and valves. At Wiseco, we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle, ATV, snowmobile, personal watercraft, outboard marine engine, or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high-quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple to ride electric start TW200 to the nimble lightweight XT250 to the racing-derived performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. The point is good. Drink Swell Vodka, proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Like Swell Vodka on Facebook. Find Swell at fine stores that sell spirits. This is Vicki Golden. I was just on Pit Pass Radio. Check out Arena Cross for more of my racing. That was a good conversation with Jessica Patterson. We always have a good time talking to her. She has uh, been a friend of mine and a friend of this show's for as long as I can remember. So seven-time women's motocross champ and pretty darn good in the woods, too, in the GNCC series. Um, so it's good catching up with her. Her event is uh, coming up June 30th and July 1st with a pretty big purse for the women. So that's pretty cool. Round five and six of the women's uh, series, and it's called the Jessica Patterson Classic. Uh, PJ, a little bit of controversy in American Flat Track before we go to our next guest. The AMA put out a statement about it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What, what happened? Give me the gist of it. Well, we'll start with their apology. The apology uh, by CEO of American Flat Track said specifically this behavior exhibited at the OKC Mile this past weekend um, as was uh, unprofessional, unacceptable, does not reflect the company or the culture we've built at AMA Pro. And he went on to further say, I'm disappointed in my staff as these actions undermine the great work we've been doing to raise the profile of our sport. I'll be taking to, I'll be taking action to ensure this will not happen again. That is the CEO. Chris Carr was also quoted in the apology or statement, if you will, from AMA Pro. He sincerely apologized for his behavior and he stated he was embarrassed by what he did, what he said, and and the shame that he let his frustration get the better of him. And he may he said he apologized for publicly embarrassing the sport. Stand up move by Chris Carr. I don't the video that led to all this. There was a video online, video posted by presumably a fan at the scene of the incident. And as soon as AMA Pro got wind of it, they pulled it off the internet, so you can't find it. Somebody clever with the internet might be able to. I have not figured out how to. But that's the gist of it. And I know for a fact that uh, one rider was DQ'd from the evening's events. So I would be speculating if I said maybe that's the origin of the event. I do not know. But Over a tire. 
Oh, a tire. A guy was yeah. DQ'd for running an illegal tire in qualifying. You don't get to race tonight. Chris Carr knows all about Chris, those tires. Chris Carr knows how to, <laughs> and he's not a guy who shies away from that, and it's part of his job. Sure. So yeah. it's it's easy to believe that could have been the origin. I do not want to say it was till I know that. Well, I tell you, there's a lot of that that goes on, but the world we live in today is uh, the technology and there's always a camera everybody's a professional photographer and they can record things and they can post on and everybody has a has a a platform to uh to ruin anything you say is going you're going to have to live with every word you say if you're in public and conduct yourself accordingly that's right well thanks for sharing that speaking of technology our next guest is the founder of pit fund and you can follow along the conversation pitfund.com if uh, you're within arm's reach of a device or a computer Chris Muller joins us now. Chris, welcome to Pit Pass. How are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Talk to us about Pit Fun, would you? Yeah, sure. Let me jump back to where it came from. So I uh, grew up uh, on dirt bikes. I've actually got a really embarrassing photo I might share if you guys uh, when I was sitting on a Kawasaki 90. <laughs> I was like nine years old with my socks up to my knees and really straight out of, you know, 1980 kind of looking thing. But um, always rode bikes, had friends who rode bikes, and uh but the way I got into to to pit fund was my best friend raced uh, street stock dirt track in uh, upstate New York, and uh, I helped him turn a wrench here and there and sat in the pits a few times. But uh, back in 2012, a country music station approached me about creating some original content from them for them. So I thought, hey, you know, dirt racing and, and racing in general, I'm sure could could probably give me a couple good ideas for, for a show or some content. So I spent the, uh, the summer of 2012, just going up to different tracks up and down the East Eastern seaboard here, talking to racers, talking oh, that's to cool. tracks. Yeah. Talking to uh, promoters, photographers, anyone in and out, you know, and the couple things that popped out was one, you know, money, right? So everybody's talking about money. I lose to this guy cause you know, my tires, I buy his used tires or, you know, this, this piece of equipment should have been rent next week and that sort of thing. But, you know, I, I also picked up quickly on just the passion of racing, just people in and around racing just want to be there and they want to race and they want to get to the track every weekend. They want to help each other out, you know, that, which leads me to the third part, you know, you could bang uh, each other around on the, on the, in a heat or on a, on a track or what have you in a, a heat. But, you know, if you, somebody needs a, a wrench or a, a part to get to the main, then, you know, everyone's going to step up and help them. And that kind of really stuck with me. And, um, anyway, the show didn't get picked up in 2012 and that's okay, but I made a lot of great relationships there and stayed in touch. And then the beginning of last season, I saw just every different kind of racetrack in America underwater, right? Just raining, raining, raining. I understand you guys have been going through a lot of rain out there now, but you know, and I would say, man, I come from a small family business and I'm, I'm looking at these people and I'm going, that's a family business. That's probably not going to make their number this summer. I wish there was some way we can help. So I got together some really smart people and, you know, since 2012 crowdfunding has become a thing, you know, people understand it, people get it, people, uh, understand the, the business model of it. So go fund out there, Kickstarter, uh, Indiegogo, things like that. My, my problem or not problem, but the way I see it is that, a lot of people in racing are reluctant to start something with those guys because it doesn't speak to them. It's more, you know, unfortunately, if you hear a GoFundMe page, it's, it's somebody you're expecting somebody sick or someone's hurt or something burned or something like that. And believe me, there's a place in the world for these things. I think they're wonderful. But my thought was the people in racing, 
they love to show off what they do and demonstrate their passion through pictures and updates and things like that. If we were to give them a, a, a platform that they can be proud of, then they can not only connect with other people in the racing community, but then politely have a, a, a way to reach out and kind of, you know, get fueled. We don't like to use funding or, or you know, uh, donations. We think that's charity. Racing people, you know, have a passion. We like to help people fuel that passion. So that's what Pit Fun came about. And I'm sorry if I rambled on you guys. How, how long have you been doing it? Uh, we've been at it, building it for, you know, over half a year, eight months. We just launched Monday. But, um, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, the subscriptions of the people signing up left and right across all different types of racing, a lot of media guys, a lot of podcast guys, uh, you know, because it's meant for you as well. And, um, fans too, you know, one thing we like to see a couple of buddies always want to go to Talladega together. They can, st- they can start a pit fund page. It doesn't cost anything to start it up, you know, just put it together, demonstrate your passion and, and politely reach out and every little bit helps. That is uh, very um, timely that you're doing this. I mean, it's clearly, as you said, uh, these other avenues for people to publicly, um, you know, state their case and and give people a pitch for here's what I want to do and here's how I'm going to do it. It's wonderful that you're focusing on the motorsports end of it, and it's all forms of motorsport, to be correct. It is. It's every form of motorsports, you know, and, and bikes are everything. We were just at Walden in New York for uh, Loretta Lynn qualifiers not long ago. If you look at our, at pitfun.com, our, our opening video in the, the hero space there is uh, is the start at a, of a heat at, at Walden. So, yeah, but um, every kind of racing. And to be honest with you guys, a, a big community that's jumping on board are the drone guys. You know, these guys who race. They've got some serious racing going on, those guys. Yeah, it's so sick. It's it's really cool, and it's exciting that we can help people and, you know, expose everyone in racing to different types of racing. Some some of our goals are, you know, we've got some pretty deep-pocketed fellas down south, and with powerboat racing, you know, they come on the, the timeline there and flip through it, and they see a, maybe a kid, uh, you know, trying to get to Loretta Lynn's, you know, in the, in the fall. He could fuel them. You know what I mean? We, we want to expose everybody to different kinds of raising, and hopefully everyone benefits from it. And so are you going to have, um, or perhaps you already do, I'm on your homepage, and uh, it's inappropriate to join while trying to talk to you about it, so uh, <laughs> I figure uh, I'll ask questions, and perhaps it's there. Sure. Do you have, uh, I mean, are you selling advertising? Is that a component of the, uh, a component of the model that will be pit fun? Yeah, it's it's something we're we're not against. Uh, we we it's not part of the model right now. Um, down the road, we, we would do it. But if we were to do it, we would do it um, uh, in, in the way kind of like you guys do a very nice job on your page. You know, it, it's it's not in your face. It's it's part of the, the content. Uh, we might roll it into the timeline there. You know, uh, subtly. But the the way you know our, our revenue model is, we take a little bit for ourselves on every you know fueling transaction. We do take a lot less than the big boys do. That was part of the, the, the model was to, we want to be less and not be greedy and that sort of thing. But we also take a portion of all fueling and we put it into a, um, a, a fund that we keep on hand and we keep an eye out for any kind of um, problems out in the racing world. You know, we've seen it all the time. There are, a trailer catches on fire on the way back from the track or somebody's tools get stolen or, you know, a, a track, uh, the, bleachers fall down who knows 
once we see something like that, this fund that we put aside, we're just going to send uh, checks out for charitable reasons and also to say, hey, looks like you had a hard time. Here's a little something from Pitfall. Go racing. It helps. Right. And, and, and just give back to the community that, that gives back to itself so much. We just want to be a part of it and, and help. So, sorry, Tony, you, you've said you've gone live essentially Monday. Um, mm-hmm. Any any surprises as far as, I guess, the, the platform itself? And then, of course, are you... Are, projections i'm sure you had projections for participation and signups yep. are you well beyond them are you right on pace to what you really believed it was going to be but what a great question yeah we are we are well beyond what we are conservatively trying to get going uh at this point and what's really super psyching for us is that you know it's all over the country you know we're, we're getting signups everywhere and canada you know we're, we're we're global but uh focusing in north america and um but it's coming across all different types of racings at all different levels. You know, you get a, a BMX kid here in Connecticut, but we got some major hitting sprint car guys out in the Midwest that are signing up. Uh, you know, a couple, back to the drone guys, a couple guys on Team USA have signed up and uh, had a great conversation with the American Power Pole Association. It's just really exciting. It's catching on because I think it's needed. Uh, the feedback we've gotten has been really strong that it is needed and, and the numbers are showing it. We're talking with Chris Muller, uh, founder of Pit Fund, and the website to, to follow along is pitfund.com. And Chris, uh, you've got so many different, different, different types of uh, racing that um, drone racing. I'm I'm into it. I like watching it. And he said yeah. those guys are all over it. Super cool. Yeah, um, yeah, very cool. What do you think? Your which what sport do you think that uh, it'll gravitate to, and guy or guys will gravitate, or women will gravitate right. to you guys to to uh, fund their their passion? Do you, do you think it's going to be? I mean, you said you're a dirt bike guy, but you think yeah. it'll be dirt bike guys, or do you think it'll be? I mean, you just never know. BMX racers, you never know. Drone racing, yeah, I mean, it's, sure. it's cool. I think, I th- to be honest with you, I think the the sweet spot for us is motocross because it's uh it's it's a huge sport all over the country it's not you know inexpensive like let's say bmx is or or things like that there's there's money behind it you know and uh people get it and there's a lot of uh kids you know there's a large pool of of kids up and coming motocross and you know dealing with their parents and they totally understand how to reach out through friends and family to to try and you know help out with costs there so i think motocross in terms of size of market and need of funding I think is really going to be our sweet spot, but I also see that in karting. Karting is going to be a really big avenue for us, um, and, and those are the two that we think will catch the most traction with. But uh, again, across all different sports, I mean, when it gets cold, we're going to go into snowmobile racing, you know, or hopefully uh, things are going as well as we can. We'll get down the floor and get some jet skis and things like that. So. That those are the two to answer your question. What's the guerrilla marketing plan for Pit Fund? I mean, short of talking to us, which is going to get you tens of tens of followers <laughs> very quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. What uh, what's your marketing plan? I mean, are are we going to see a TV commercial, or is it just go to the racetrack and let yeah. the word spread itself? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, we're going to hold off on on television right now. <laughs> we'll wait. We'll wait till uh, our next rounds of investments come, but. You hit it on the head. Social is going to be huge for us. Um, we're trying to do as many podcasts as we can, radio interviews. I was on the, on the radio in Reno, Nevada this afternoon um, 
with a really cool show there uh, called Teresa's Garage. But um, podcast, radio, press release uh, going out tomorrow to announce uh, the launch. And then you, you killed it right there with we're going to tracks. We're trying to get to as many tracks as we possibly can. Um, get out there with an iPad. And when you guys do sign up, you'll see just how quick and easy it is on pitfun.com. And, you know, that's that's how we want to be part of the community, so we got to be out in the community. So we're going to look for us at tracks all across the country this coming summer and the years to come, hopefully. And, uh, I mean, as I am an active member of one very specific, I'm a, so I'm a uh, two-wheel racer, road racer, whereas the organization I've previously raced with, I'm, I'm not that active in the racing anymore, but I'm very much a part of their own forum. There's a right. there's a BBS, if you will, and yeah. I, the only one I go to is the Wera one, for Wera road racers. I have to believe there's thousands of those in existence in every form. Yep. yep. That's, yeah, we. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't know if you're done there. Yeah. So well, to, to 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 address association, when we were doing our um, our market research, we had a, a number of conversations with the AMA. Which, uh, which are very interested to see how we're doing here, and we're going to see if we can work with them to, um, you know, do some co-marketing things. The people at the Powerboat Association um, said something exactly that all the associations are saying that if we can come up with a creative uh, co-marketing effort with them, it really adds value to their membership. Chris, it's awesome. We're at top of the hour. We're going to uh, take a break. When we come back, hour number two of the program, we're going to. Have- start off with Tyler O'Hara and then move on to Shane McArath. Stay tuned. There's another whole hour right after this. This is Pit Pass. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Passionate about motorcycles? Ever heard of the saying that you should make a career out of what you love to do? MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com is a state-of-the-art online job board built exclusively for the power sports industry. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com connects job candidates who are passionate about the motorcycle industry with companies and dealerships that may be looking for you. Upload resumes, receive new job notifications, or just surf the site for your dream job. Turn your passion into a career at MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com.
Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. It's hour number two now. I'm Tony Wink, and my uh, esteemed colleagues here, Roman Avila and PJ Dorn, esteemed. on the program are esteemed. Stepping up in the world. Wow. Uh, our producers are Jack. And his blushing bride, De Leon, and Leanne De Leon. Our contributors are Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. And uh, we want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening. And hi, Mom, because my mom listens to the show. After 15 years of being on the air, my mom started listening. So uh, we'll have to watch our P's and Q's. Better late than never. Better late than never. Uh, we talked about this in hour number one. Eli Tomac's perfect season has come to an end with a 2-1 finish. At high point, it was Marvin Muskin who put it on him in the first moto, and he didn't get her done the second moto, so he finishes runner-up with a 1-2 finish, and then Barsha with a 3-5 finish to round out the podium. I still I think that the story is is neat. Ken Roxon with a 7-3 scored him a fourth overall, but, man, what a what a well, s- and, story. And that second moto, he whole shots it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's it's – He's overcome more than any of these guys. And he's looking like he's ready for more. Yes. He's looking like, hey, let's make the jump all the way. And he even said that his he thought he would be close to 100% by high point. So right. he should be hitting his swing here very soon. And We're seeing it. We know that Honda is a good bike. <laughs> and uh, a, It is good this year. All right, the Catalonia MotoGP took place. Jorge Lorenzo back on form. PJ. We had so many things. What a great, it was a great race. Second dominant win in a row for Jorge Lorenzo on the heels of announcing, oh, by the way, I'm leaving Ducati next year. I'm going to be Mr. Mark Marquez's teammate. What? No way these two guys are going to be on the same team. Danny Pedrosa is left homeless for the year 2019 got to think he's got options he's been the literally the most supported racer who's never won a title Could he? that anyone's ever seen he's 12 years at hrc literally they move earth for him move so mountains. you got these two guys and we have tyler hair on the on the phone i don't want to hold him up too much longer but but uh so these two guys on the same team i know and they're yeah. currently in a fist fight right right <laughs> that's what i'm saying in one how do you what do you think that the, the how do you think that's going to go for the team, for the riders? How do you think they feel? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's why he left Yamaha. He did not want to be second fiddle. Well, and and, and there might have been. And there's we don't some know. money. Who knows? And, and there could be. There there could have been a conflict of interests, or there could have been personalities not clashing. Maybe those two get along. Yeah, they, and maybe they do. For all we know, they do. Uh, but really, the great story is Lorenzo's on form, and he's just looked unbeatable the last two races. Like everybody, He's doing to them what Marquez has been yeah. doing to him for some time, and he's looking really good doing it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of this season. All right, we uh, we need to go to our guest, who has uh, been, a, been a, uh, g- a great guest for us over the, a number of years, and a uh, very fast motorcycle racers several different disciplines supermoto flat track of course motorcycle road racing he is tyler o'hare he joins us now what's up tyler sorry to keep you waiting but we had a little had a hey, little discussion there that was great i get filled in every time i listen to you guys. that was <laughs> awesome what do you I didn't th- know about madrosa or uh 
Jorge Lorenzo going to Honda. I know that's uh, such it's huge no it's huge news and I mean you, you you've been around long enough. You've you've had teammates, right? Been around or close to teams? Yeah. Yeah. That's having two of the uh be interesting. How having two of the baddest dudes at the top of the game right now on the same team, which is arguably the for sure the most moneyed up team. They, I mean, it's going to be weird. And it's like what I don't understand is, and we just touched on it, but maybe Tyler, you have a your own perception on this. But he left Yamaha because he didn't want to play second fiddle anymore to Rossi, which okay, whatever. But then you go to Ducati. And now you're going to go to Marquez and, and Honda? Yeah, I get it that they got probably the bike right now, but I just don't see how money-wise. He's probably got his own agenda and maybe wants to switch it up. Yeah, and he gets to do out. that. Turns out if you're the fast guy and Honda calls, it's hard to say no. Maybe it's just that. <laughs> maybe it's that simple. Jorge went to Ducati for $24 million. Yeah, Ducati has money, and they'll throw it. At, they'll throw it at guys for sure. So does Pedrosa go to Ducati? I don't know. I don't know that I would if I was him. And a chance to do what Valentino couldn't. Well, and Jorge is yeah. currently doing. Jorge has done two yeah. in a row that Valentino never did. And hey, that's all I needed to do here at Ducati. I'm out now. Yeah. I did what Rossi couldn't. Let's go ahead and take the paychecks. Exactly, Tyler. What are you up to? What are you up? What's what's going on, bud? I'm uh, I'm actually down at Colorado Springs, uh, Pikes Peak Hill Climb, uh, and actually just started raining. Yeah, oh, good. Um, but uh, no, we're down here for the week. Uh, we moved in uh, yesterday. We did rookie orientation and uh, riders meeting, and got to do go through tech and get up on the mountain. This morning we were up at uh, 3 a.m. Wake up call. We were on the mountain at four. Tires warmers and on the track or you know road at 5 a.m and uh, we had five runs before 8 30 and basically it was kind of a weird setup but today we were on the lower section and we did uh we did we had qualifying today and uh the first two runs were like a siding and then the next two or three were qualifying and um just learning the mountain always wanted to be here and come race this event it's really prestigious and the mountain is amazing and uh Kind of a bucket list uh, thing. Well, that's that's awesome, Tyler. What are you riding? And I mean, is this? Uh... Um, I'm riding uh, 450. Uh, so I'm in the lightweight gotcha. uh, 450 CC class supermoto supermoto setup, and uh, figure try to learn the mountain a little slower and just have some fun and enjoy it. All those guys on the big bikes. I mean, they're they're sending it. I mean. <laughs> Oh yeah, the, the KTM twelve ninety track record guy. Yeah, that dude is insane. Mister Fillmore is he's a dangerous human being on that mountain. Yeah. So, uh, Tyler, what four fifty are you riding? Uh, it's a blue one. It's a it's a Yamaha. 450. It's a blue one. <laughs> yeah. Which year? Uh, it's a great four fifty. I got it. Uh, we got it last year to run the supermoto stuff, and then. Uh, Basically, uh, had a really good supermoto platform, and then we kind of built off of it. Put some, you know, Owens and some some nice, nice parts on it, and we we uh, got a power commander and auto tune on there, and and we got a base map with some race fuel and O2 bunk sensor and and stuff like that. But we ended up going to the local motorcycle shop today, threw it on the dyno, and 
and uh, just got a base map in there, and we're just going to run that. What's it dyno? Uh, oh, so we're today at altitude. It was uh, fifty-one. That so altitude's that a killer. I was going to say that, that altitude's a killer. Yeah, I was like fifty-eight point eight before. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And that's a runner. I mean, that's, I mean, it's fair. It's it's that. a fair it's a fair fight in your class. Uh yeah. Yeah, no, there's a couple of local guys, you know, rippers for sure. Um it's a, it's 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 so fun. It, it it almost doesn't even feel like a race, you know, you just It's a beautiful ride up a mountain. Racing here, racing the track or you know, the course and there's lakes and this morning was amazing. Um just I, I felt like I'd have more anticipation and being more nervous, but really it was just uh it was really fun. You kinda pull up and you go in intervals and take your time building up into it and um yeah i'm on the i'm on the 450 so it's uh i'm at a little slower pace but it's fun it's like riding a 125 up the hill <laughs> it's is... like it's you're skateboarding around corners come on let's go come on yeah and uh i got my buddy matt wallace is up here ranching with me oh man uh, what a guy yeah, he is you know uh, it yeah yeah he told me to tell you he's out in the backwoods living and chopping wood and working for heart a little bit and uh wanted to say hi that's cool and uh so he's helping out does he look like a grizzly adams mountain man sure does <laughs> that's, the, that's the guy you want to have in your pit yeah right if anybody has a problem here just go see matt hey is uh we got a local guy that runs it on his uh ktm uh, or i'm sorry his ducati uh eric fouch he's he's oh, yeah, running he a number of years is he out there right now yeah. i would presume he uh, is there is a ducati with a old uh Carlos Checa motor in it. It's the Deuce Cafe, I believe it is. The owner, maybe, possibly. It's sponsored by Deuce, but it's like totally just... Deus. You know, Deus Ex Machina is the proper way to say that. I knew what you were you were talking about. Yeah. Deus, Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. PJ's the only guy in the world that knows how to pronounce it, apparently. We've, and, interviewed, and the we've, we've interviewed the owner a couple <laughs> times, but he's a, he's a yeah. good friend of... Uh, he does some stuff with our buddy Jeff Wright. Okay, so yeah, he's in the the unlimited class and uh, pretty beautiful bike. And uh, we've lots of guys. Met some guys from Japan. Met some guys that do like you know the highway races at three in the morning, kind of like you know crazy guys, like yeah. Japanese hero guys. Oh, that's awesome! People from all over the world, you just meeting them. They're out here just you know having a good time. Is it? A, I mean, is the pit pretty cool? Or are you right on the side of the road? It's, uh, they paved some stuff, so this is my rookie year, it's, uh, it's, it's like, you know, nice pit, but there is like an animosity between the car guys and the motorcycle guys, I don't know, maybe someone can explain, but, uh, riders meeting and everything, and, and, uh, but, uh, they kind of separate us into three segments, we're on the bottom, cars are up top, really? and we switch each, each day, three days we do a segment, and then, uh, Open it up to the public at 8.30 a.m., and then we're off by 9.30. Wow. And I may offend yeah. a few people, but, Tyler, do you think you think the animosity comes from the uh, the lack of talent that it takes to drive a car compared to a motorcycle? <laughs> you think that has anything to do with that? Uh, I, I said uh, compared. I, I didn't say it doesn't take talent to drive a car up that mountain. I'm saying at speed. I'm saying the lack of, the lack of talent compared to what you're going to do. I feel like anyone racing up the mountains uh, 
pretty special. And that that cliff goes like, goes down for regardless of what you were uh, riding or I driving. Like, I feel like just the uh, the the uh, I don't know, just different groups, I guess. But uh, I think I got you know we got respect for each other, and and uh, you know Pastrana's out here racing a Porsche, uh, one of the classes. Seen him at the riders' meeting. And uh, I think it's good. There's a lot of, a lot of press, Gran Turismo's here, and, you know, the video game stuff. And, and it's just, uh, I mean, there's a lot of tourists every day. I was really surprised how many tourists Pike Speak actually brings in. And we're in a sweet little town called, uh, I forget what it's called. Uh, but anyway, it's beautiful here. Really beautiful. Garden when, of the Gods. And, when, uh, when Pastrana shows up for a riders meeting, is there a... S- a swarm of attention that he gets whether he wants it or not um honestly no it was really pretty uh they were calling a roll call for everybody at riders meeting and everyone's kind of you know it was shit you know you know not really but no he was uh he was just in the back no one bugged him or anything he's kind of just like another driver rider just another guy that uh Crazy enough to go up that hill at a breakneck pace. That, then, that cliff is no joke. And then I mean, it's jump lights a out. Super heavy V twin over some. I know. I was gonna say. What do you <laughs> think of that, Tyler? Have you read? Have you done much flat tracking? I thought you'd done some. I, I I haven't recently, but I did get to throw a leg over an Indian the other day and run it through the gears. And, pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, pretty amazing um, package they put together. Specific built bike that dominating yeah we were uh, talking to carver I, <laughs> go ahead yeah oh to see if it's trying to jump that it's going to be pretty wild yeah we were talking to carver last week he said bike's amazing it's absolutely the tool you want to have he said it doesn't shift that good he was like i was kind of surprised you oh, know? Really? It's, yeah he said that he was like you know i've been on xr 750s that everyone in the world Sh- thinks shift yeah. like a tractor and they're, this, they're a little better yeah. than this uh indian as yeah, far he, as the shifting you don't have to change gears much in a flat track so no. it's not like an impediment but yeah he did say that he he thought that xr shifted better than that indian did but wow that indian is like you said tyler seems pretty purpose-built and they must have done their homework because it's winning yeah, I mean, for sure, it's it's, it's pretty impressive. So, Tyler, you've your race is coming up. Any pictures of your bike that you're racing on your uh, on your social media, or where can we see it? Yeah, yeah, we got you know the Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and got some pit pictures, and I've been doing a lot of live streaming and videos to keep everyone updated. And uh, I went up to the summit and took some pictures up there. And my supermoto bike, it's uh, it's, uh, it's pretty pretty massaged up and polished and clean and got some carbon and tie on it and and uh no it's been a fun project and now we're having a good time up here i got put a thumb brake on it and uh getting that thing dialed in behringer thumb brake and thumb brake and uh yeah i've always wanted to ride one on my super bike and <laughs> ended up uh get one for pike's peak for leaned over fast stuff to the right when i got my foot out that's cool. Yeah, I'm, actually, it's on our social media, uh, the picture that I'm looking at. Uh, I, I think, blame Tommy Boy Halverson, I bet. I think this is our social media, but anyway, I, I pulled it up, and, and here it is. And Man, that bike looks cool, dude. That's a, Is that a 17 or an 18? It's a 16. Oh, it's a 16. Wow. That yeah, was... yeah. Matt's giving me crap. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. You got a bike, man. Hey, it's a gem. 
she's a runner. <laughs> she's a she's a money maker. So. Well, um, so when is your race? Uh, we race Sunday morning. There's going to be live streaming. You can find on pikespeak.com with a little uh, app, and then there's also pay per view on uh, matchsport.com, and I think it's four ninety nine. But, uh, yeah, it should be good. They're going to view all the cars, and they got cameras all over the place, helicopters, and, uh, no, it should be a lot of fun. Tyler, so after Pikes Peak, what's up next? What what are we going to do? Any Moto America plans? Any flat track? We- uh, well, I, I honestly, I got um, about 13 or 14 days of some one-on-one private coaching uh, lined up. I got a DX10R Kawasaki through KMB Motorsports, and, uh, I got a couple students I've been coaching. Um, one's actually retired WWE superstar uh, named Gabe Tuff. <laughs> That's awesome. He's really got the bug. Yeah, super fun. Really good student. He uh, just pulled out and said, "I'll take the cheater pass. Take me to the front." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's been really fun working with him. Going to be doing some more one-on-one coaching, um, sport bike stuff. I want to get uh, working on getting a couple uh, two Ninja ZX. Uh, excuse me. Ninja Z400s to to get them dialed in for the cart track and uh, do some, you know, coaching rental packages and then try to, you know, maybe pick up some kids and transition from small track to the big track stuff and and, um, no Moto America stuff in the future. I might do a ride out, get some friends together and go out there and support our local, you know, American riders. Um, But, uh, you know, at this point, we're just... uh, yeah. Where are you living at? Where do you live at, Tyler? I live in Northern California, Petaluma, California. Gotcha. I was going to say, Bar- Barber, the season ender for Moto America at Barber, they're doing a track day on the Monday following it. We're trying to get a crew together because it's been too long since we all rode Barber together. So uh, that's that's a, my favorite place to ride a motorcycle. Yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it, kinda, it reminds me a lot of like Sonoma technical that's a tough track to learn on a big bike yeah yeah and it's it's fun to embarrass people when you're on an sv and you know your way around it's like (laughs) the most rewarding feeling in the world is when a guy on a 1000 can't keep up with you just feels wonderful yeah well tyler we have to go to break uh wow that's a little strong jack uh we have to go to break but good luck on that race okay be careful be Be careful be safe thank you guys and uh we'll talk to you soon Tell Matt I said hey, okay? I will. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. There's more on Spit Pass. Hey, it's Ron Sipes. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-packed supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Do-All VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. V-Rubber. <laughs> 
With no speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans, Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be ridden with Track Addicts Track Days. It's a fact. The best you've ridden is the best you know. Until you've ridden Racetech suspension, you haven't experienced the best suspension possible. Racetech is the science of suspension for ATV and UTVs, motocross, freestyle, and stunning, off-road, supermoto, road race, sport bikes, cruisers, touring, and vintage bikes, as well as adventure riding. With gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our G3S Custom Series shocks, you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage. And it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. The Yamaha YZF R3 Sport Bike at Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes is the most exciting and affordable way ever to join the exclusive world of Yamaha R-Series Superbike Performance. It features a potent fuel-injected 321cc liquid-cooled parallel twin-engine for great acceleration, a slim, lightweight chassis for sporty, agile handling, a low seat height to get both your feet firmly on the ground for added confidence, plus legendary Yamaha Superbike styling guaranteed to turn heads, all at a super value. No wonder Cycle World calls it a bargain, and Revzilla hails it the new king of the hill when it comes to entry-level lightweight sport bikes. Visit Hicklin Power Sports in Grimes today to see the incredible Yamaha R3. And for more information, visit YamahaMotorsports.com. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long-sleeve shirt, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the De Leon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The De Leons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the De Leons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack De Leon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. Hey, this is Ricky Carmichael, the principal of the Ricky Carmichael University, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back to the show. We've had some uh, fun today. We've, we've been talking with Justin Cooper, Jessica Patterson, Chris Muller, and Tyler O'Hara. Now joining us is Shane McElrath, who uh, we haven't had on in a while. I was just talking with Shane off air, and uh, it's been a minute since we've interviewed him. He's with the Troy Lee Designs Red Bull KTM team. Shane McElrath, welcome back to the show. Yes, sir. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a while, but it's uh, nice talking to you guys again. So where where are you today, Shane? Where What's going on? I am in Florida, down at the Baker's Factory. That's right. And how is the uh, Baker's Factory? Trying to survive the heat. Is it brutal? Uh, oh, man, it's very hot. It uh, It's tough. Um, the, the heat, you don't realize how much it adds to it. Mm-hmm. Um, until you come here and, and we do the same schedule, um, that we would anywhere else, but, uh, the heat is just so crazy and, um, it, it makes the races a little easier. So that's a plus, but 
the weeks are really hard. I don't want to go all Jeff Stanton on you, but I got to ask you because I, I, okay, so I'm like, old fat guy, who cares, right? But yeah. I'm down at the track yesterday, and I'm telling, I'm in Iowa, and the the yeah. heat and the humidity is brutal. It was 95 yeah. in the shade, and it's like 89 percent humidity. Or what my phone said, it was, it was, it was honestly, it was, it was, it felt good because I like to sweat, but enough's enough when your underwear is soaked, right? So, yeah. um, but at night. I truly don't like going in air conditioning because it just makes it all that much worse. I feel like, and then you pass out and you just like you're in a coma when you when you do finally get in the air conditioning. So, you being the the famous pro athlete that you are and uh, a part of the Baker Factory, are you guys allowed to have? That's why I said Jeff Stanton because I think he was he always said he didn't run air conditioning in his house because it made him weak. Is that something you guys talk about? Um, well, I think uh, I think kind of just got to go to the time and place. Uh, I mean, when uh, Jeff was at the top of his game, I mean, how how many people were were really training that hard? And I don't I don't say that to discredit uh, Jeff, but uh, it just the times have changed so much that uh, at some point we have to recover. And if we're if we're working hard and and doing everything during the day. Uh, your body needs rest point, at what point do we get rest and do we get to recoup for say the next day or uh even the weekend sure and i mean that's that's something that uh is definitely looked over uh these days is um you can you can train hard you can do whatever um but if you don't get good rest and let your body feel the way that it needs to, then um, it's all pretty much in vain because you're not going to be able to uh, use your body to what it's capable of from from working it so hard. Sure. So there's a there's a really, um, I guess, fine balance between everything. But um, the, I mean, in reality, the more rest you get, the, the harder you can work, and then you come back and rest some more. You go work hard again. And uh, being on that routine, you really uh, start to see, like, oh, wow, like, I, I start recovering quicker. I start uh, recovering more. And, I mean, it's just like uh, what, what we train is we train muscle memory. If our muscles are always used to working, um, then they're going to know what to do and when to do it. And when we take a week off and we come back and ride for the first time after that week, that's why we're a little rusty. That's why our timing's a little off. It, um, our bodies are uh, high-tech computers, and it's it's pretty crazy when uh, you can see, like, oh man, I, I even took one extra day off, and now my body is is kind of shut down a little bit and, and in conservative mode because it's used to opening up. But then I didn't open it up this day, so. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Well, your your body may be a high tech computer. I'm still on dial up over here, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a D D beep. The modem's yeah. on. I'm getting data. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Well, yeah, the the uh, science. I'm sure they've got this in a PowerPoint there at the factory you're living at. I mean, on day one, here's how it all works. So. Uh, you're going to take your rest when we tell you to take your rest. It's, yeah, it is common sense. Uh, 
Okay, so I run air conditioning. Shoot. I was yeah, yeah you yeah. sleep better, bud. You wake up in the morning. Oh, I, I don't have a headache. Because I was going to have a headache if I yeah. just came out of the sun, laid down, and went to bed in 95-degree weather and woke up at 92. Yeah. You're going to have a headache. Yeah, and I uh, I sweat a lot as it is. And so uh, my wife's gotten used to it now, but she's like, dude, you keep it so cold in here. And uh, I mean, but that's, that's just me is like if if I come home and if we have our house set at 74 like I can sit there and and be perfectly fine but if I'm up doing stuff around the house then I'll start sweating again and uh so it's like I mean I can tell a difference in one or two degrees and I know that sounds pretty crazy but it's just that's something that no. I've had to learn. No, like, okay, it's well. normal, and yeah. it's not yeah. just your wife. It's called every wife. No husband, yeah. and, no husband and wife team agree upon what temperature you you settle on it, and then you're <laughs> constantly behind each other's back getting it where you want. Honestly, it. it's not like that yeah. in my house. She's she's like, yeah, whatever, and I'm like, boy, it's hot. And she's like, yeah, I don't think the air conditioning's on, huh? Yeah, and then we neither yeah, one. We, we're both lazy, we so we don't get up. <laughs> always kind of playing around with it. It kind of just depends on the day. Um, and also if we're working around the house, um, if, I mean, we can set 74 is, especially here in the, in Florida, like with the humidity, like 74 is pretty cold to come in from outside. And, uh, but I mean, we set it at 67 when we sleep, but it just, that's, that's how I sleep good. Like I, I use minimal blankets and it's, uh, yeah, I gotta have it cold too. For me, yeah. We're talking with Shane McElrath, uh, Troy Lee Designs, Red Bull KTM two fifty rider. And Shane, uh, it has been a while since we've had you on, but I, I kind of want to to roll back to the Supercross season, and then we'll get into the, to the outdoors. But your your season was pretty darn good. It uh, it was it was good. We built off of last year, and um, I really felt like I matured a lot for this year and we uh we put up some good fights and i i had a couple bad races which um is really crucial especially in the west coast or in the the lights class in general just with there only being nine rounds um i mean aaron uh didn't really have a bad race sure and uh, everybody else had at least one i mean even even a, a eighth place is like, oh, that's that's bad. Like, I need to be on the podium every single round to to be in contention uh, at all. Well, if my my memory serves, it was it was Oakland, and then it was uh, Indy? Indy. Yeah, Indy with the triple crown yeah. thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. But you but, had uh, wins. I mean, you had you, you podium. I remember you got third in Vegas, right? Yep. And you won the yep. opening round when you came out, and you won, uh, was it Salt Lake? Uh, yes. So, I mean, it was, it was. Uh, what did you finish overall? Uh, I finished um, third. Third, yes. Yep. So, obviously, uh, a bummer to have all those wins and, you know, come out and be the guy, the one of the favorites to, uh, to not not end up with a championship but man you got to be stoked and on that season and, and you know anybody else certainly would be your outdoor season you came out with with an 11th i'm looking at results you, you had an 11th in hangtown 11th in Glen helen uh thunder valley an improvement 
eighth, and then this last weekend sixth. So you continue to improve. Kind of talk about that, would you? Yeah, it's uh, it's really been a, a struggle this year. I mean, out, outdoors, like I, I really enjoy outdoors, and uh, I really want to do good because I, I, I just one don't like getting beat, but two, like I'm, I'm a competitor, and um, I'm not just a, a supercross only contract. I'm not a supercross only guy, and uh, so with that, like I, I really want to do good outdoors. It just it's it's just a whole different series, a whole different animal, really. I mean, um, Shane, I, I don't yeah. want to interrupt you, but I got to ask you this: Do you think there? Do you think any of it was maybe a little bit of a, a hangover from Supercross? Do you think it was uh, different setup changes that you know you were just trying to figure out with the bike, and you guys were chasing it, or? or I can't imagine it was you because you're in good shape. I mean, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be the rider's fault. Yeah, it can't be the rider. It's <laughs> yeah. got to be the bike, well, right? It's uh, that's something that we uh, we are pretty far off. I will say we're getting a lot closer now, but um, just riding in California kind of hurt us because it, it's, it's tough to ride out there and not good and not have a bike set up. Like, well, I have my bike set up for the races. But then going out to California doesn't work very good. Well, then riding out there with everybody and being four to five seconds off the pace because your bike's not set up for it, that's, it's really hard to take that in. And, I mean, I, like I said, I, I hate getting beat anytime. And so we've really been struggling with suspension and, and in turn, confidence. Like, it's, it's tough to go and, and ride and push the pace. Um, one, if you're not comfortable or two, if you just straight up can't and, uh, it's, uh, it's been really mentally defeating just because it's like, I'm, I've just had a lot more to give, but I just, I, I can't go any faster. Shane. Times and yeah. I got to commend you on that because of you admitting to that, that it, that it can be mentally challenging and mentally defeating because a lot of racers in your, you know, in your series, whether supercross or motocross, will they'll try to sh- shy away from that and not be as honest and forthcoming as you just were with saying that, hey, it gets to me and it bothers me and sometimes it ruins my confidence level because I'm nowhere near your level. I'm way at the other end of the spectrum with riding a dirt bike he's like way way on the other end of the spectrum actually super really terrible yeah i'm i'm terrible but yeah (laughs) i love it first of all i wouldn't i can't imagine my life without it but i deal with it too and 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 so i i mean so i shouldn't have said that no it's okay my my bad you're fine Thanks. Don't go changing, Tony. We yeah. expect a certain <laughs> level of we expect a certain level of callousness at uh, all times, yeah. and you you never disappoint. No, but I, Shane, I don't want to get too far off on this, but I just want to commend you on admitting to that. I shouldn't say admitting because that seems different, but I just want yeah. you to understand that I think that that's a, a great and an, an important uh, discussion piece that you you know just. Uh, alluded to because a lot of guys they won't say that they won't admit to it um yeah and 
being a you know a confident man or or a confident racer uh however you want to look at it that stuff happens and it's part yeah. of life and you have to deal with it and figure out how to overcome it and yeah move on but i just want to commend you on 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 saying that that's all sorry yeah well thanks and i i mean it that's the tough part is um is knowing and believing that you can can be at the front and win races and um and then not not following through with that it's like okay well it's yeah i mean nobody likes to get beat but it's like me as a racer i have to own an 11th place finish i go back to the truck and and talk to the team manager and he's like what what was that i'm like dude i i i don't know like it's it's not just oh i just i just didn't try that time like those i mean those days there's no more uh oh so and so is just um night and day faster or works harder or whatever I mean, everybody out there is pretty much um the same i mean they they haven't just came out there and hopped on a bike oh yeah my, my bike's pretty good and just go out and and win um i mean everything is so so fine-tuned now and um dialed in to each specific person that um it's a it's a huge deal and and people talk about the mental side of it um a lot of the time and it it's not just being mentally tough at the end of a moto because it's hot it's not about uh just mentally knowing that you're faster than somebody it's uh, mentally knowing that uh that your bike is going to do everything that uh it does at the practice track and you know exactly where it's going to do it and, and you mentally know that that your mechanic did everything right so that um, when we're hitting this 150-foot jump that, that everything's going to go good. I mean, that, there's so much more into it now than just uh, riding a dirt bike. And uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty big deal. And, uh, and the mental side of it is, is way deeper than uh, a lot of people know, and, it, and it's a, a big part of it. Well, Shane, you've got you've got uh, Muddy Creek coming up, and uh, you know we we had Justin Cooper on earlier in the show, and he was talking about how that track seems narrow, and and I kind of brought it up because it, it obviously it looks narrow, um, and and that's something you know that a lot of a lot of guys have said as an amateur that grew up racing that track that they felt it was it was fairly narrow. Um, what are your thoughts on that track? Do you look forward to racing it? Do you? Uh, do you have some constructive criticism for their track prep crew, <laughs> like uh, like Justin did? What are your thoughts? Um, I uh, I've never really noticed that. Um, I mean, whenever we go to a racetrack, I mean, there's there's a race line, and then there's a bunch of other lines, and a lot of times, a bunch of other lines are to avoid a rough section, a, a muddy spot in practice, or uh, whatever. And I mean, Muddy Creek, there's, there's a race line around the track and, um, there are, uh, lines outside of those that may not be as fast, but, uh, I mean, we go to some tracks and there'll be a big part of the track that we don't use because it is so wide. So, um, I don't, I've never really paid much attention to that. Um, I, uh, I mean, ultimately we just try and find 
find the fastest line or uh and do our best but uh yeah i mean i i've never really thought about that actually well it's coming up we look forward to seeing you improve on your scores as you, as you uh have continued have you been doing it since since the start of the season and uh we're uh, we're up against a break but i want to tell you enjoy your air conditioning for the evening oh, <laughs> thank, i will thanks <laughs> shane appreciate it anybody you want to thank shane before we cut you loose uh, yeah, I, mean, I just uh, want to thank my wife. I want to thank uh, the Lord just for the, the position that I'm in. I mean, we're not only blessed to live in America and have a roof over our head, but to, to get to race dirt bikes for a living. So um, I'm just uh, excited and, and happy and content right now. And uh, we're just going to keep working. It's awesome. Shane McArath, you're, you're a class act. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, a little open talk on the show to uh, to the top of the hour. This is Pit Pass. What's up, guys? Drake and Art here. Then I ride the 450 class. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike for more information visit flyracing.com it's much more than a piston company wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products including forged pistons precision forged clutch baskets and hubs crankshafts camshafts forged connecting rods and valves at wiseco we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle atv snowmobile personal watercraft outboard marine engine or automobile on the market today. After 70 years in the business, Wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals. Wiseco. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Time out. Drink Swell Vodka. Proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in Iowa. Find Swell Vodka in fine stores, restaurants, and bars near you. Like Swell on Facebook. This is uh, number 44, Taylor Knapp, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. 
Welcome back to the show. I want to thank some of our our uh, advertisers and sponsors, including Fly Racing. They have uh, five years ago, Fly Racing's light hydrogen line was the first true lightweight racewear to the market, and the original gear line to define the minimalist. Easy word for me to say. Yeah, easy for you to slur. Lightweight category, but when you're first, you have to stay on the gas, and Fly continues to develop and improve this premium gear with the addition of the BOA system. What it does is it's a, uh, once you get it on, you click it in the back, and it tightens it up. I'm sure you're running that, Roman. I only run the Fly gear. And it's and I only run the Boa stuff's trick. It's it is good. trick. Yep. It's great. It's yep, so uh, try to find a dealer that stocks Fly Racing, because I tell you what, um, Fly Racing's been around a long time, but it's I think it's the best gear now. I don't think it always was. And I wore the gear when it wasn't the best. <laughs> and now, I, I, of course, that's all I wear is Fly Racing, and it really is the best gear. So, um, yeah, awesome. I've wore other gear, and I won't wear anything else. I love my Fly Gear bag. I have a Fly Gear bag. I love Everything I got is pretty hot rod. Awesome. Um, guys, we, uh, we're talking about the Outdoor Nationals. Hangtown Motocross Classic, Glen Helen National, Thunder Valley, High Point, all in the bag. Tennessee's coming up, Muddy Creek, and then Southwick, and then Redbud, Spring Creek, Washougal, Unadilla, Bud's Creek National, Ironman National. And then this fall is going to be the Motocross the Nations here on, on U.S. soil. Um, I saw something on Race Rex that uh, uh, Eli Tomac said he would race if he were selected. Um, he's been, he's gotten a lot of, of grief about not Last wanting year to, yeah. and the year before. Yeah. About wanting to sit out. I mean, Ryan Dungey had done that too, but, um, what are you guys thoughts on, on uh, hold on though. The caveat to Ryan Dungey though, is he raced four years in a row. Truth. And it was at the end of his career that he chose not to race. Truth. So. I can understand Dungy's point of view of not wanting to because he was kind of foot half out the door action. But I got you. When Tomax said no, he's been at the top of the game, the top of the board, and the guy is a lock, and he's one of the fastest guys on the planet on a dirt bike. Little James Stewart flashback there. Fastest man on the planet. Yeah. Well, I mean, if he's on two wheels, he's one of the fastest guys. No doubt. I mean, obviously, we and we want as us as fans want the bet want us to have the best and be the most you know the best we can be as representative uh, representatives of of U.S. soil and and you know our pride says we want to have their best and and we want Eli Tomac there. So I I mean I think it's obvious that he's going to get selected, but we'll see what they say. We've got Chris Bishop on the phone and uh, and Chris, I got to apologize because you've been you've been uh, he, uh, texting me and, and sending me <laughs> Facebook messages about this Honda Monkey. So Honda released this, brought back this Honda yeah. Monkey, and you've got this trip. And I, honestly, I've been so busy, I kind of skimmed your messages, and I just at the end I said, "Okay, I'm in." So, <laughs> what am I in for? What are we doing? Well, this is going to be killer. I mean, I am so looking forward to this Monkey 125 being released. Uh, but I concocted a harebrained scheme to come up to you and buy one or two uh, up at Storm Lake, and then we'll ride those things down the Mississippi River from the Heartland down here to Dixieland. 
Uh, yeah. uh, Tony, miles. you just signed up for a thousand miles on a bike that taps out at fifty-two. <laughs> you are gonna... no interstate, no interstate. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be two-lane highway. Adventure. Yeah, exactly. Adventure. We're going to have a blast. We're going to stop at a couple of key points along the way, and we'll do some Facebook lives and. We're really doing this? Uh, what's what's your timeline? Are you going to take a week to do this, Chris, or is it like four days or five days? Or Well, look, Tony ain't scared. This guy does the Baja. He knows what's <laughs> up. So, you know, well, I, will go, I will go any which way. We can do it all in one fell swoop, or we can, we can draw it out, maybe go through the Ozarks or something, and... You get you know. to, oh, I can't wait to see your luggage list. Uh, I'm <laughs> wearing it. I'm wearing right. it. I got hey, my luggage. Hey, I'm wearing my luggage. Obviously, Chris, you've put some thought into this, but you guys already know you're going to have to have a Chase vehicle. Obviously. No way. No way. No. Be able no. To do this I will not problem. do it with a Chase no, you vehicle. Can do it. You can do it with a backpack. You can do it with a backpack. Here's the thing, guys. There's a Walmart every 50 miles. Every right? Everywhere you so, go. So Everywhere you go. You just go in there and you buy new clothes and you just you throw Change yours away. And throw them away. That's, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like a like a real starchy pair of underwear from Walmart that's <laughs> brand new. Yeah. I'm wearing a pair today. Oh, Love so it. Look, Jump on the bike get, only for eight or twelve hours today. We'll be fine. That, that yeah, won't leave we're a mark. We're gonna get Honda involved. We're gonna get Storm Lake involved. We're gonna get Lee Edmonds. We're gonna get Bill Savino over in the marketing department of Honda involved. Okay. Spread the word about the Honda Monkey and the power of nice campaign that they're they're instituting again and Chris what's your it's gonna be a blast where I, I've, I've forgotten that my boss has now uh, purchased purchased a Honda dealer so I have access yeah. to said Honda monkeys via uh, my very yeah. own uh, company boss yep this well, is an interesting go. idea what's what's your rough uh, What's your rough uh, timeline? I mean, I'm sure you're going to move it. or You've got a window. What's your window right now? Right. Well, the window is, you know, t- Tony put me in touch with Jeff at Storm Lake. And the reason he did that was because I said, look, I really want one of the first monkeys to come into the U.S. I want one of the, you know, the first batch. And is there any way maybe, you know, Tony could maybe pull some strings or something? And sure enough, he sends me a text, and it's Jeff saying, no problem. So evidently, they're coming out like the first week of October. So we're completely dependent upon when they actually arrive. But well, I got news for you, window. buddy. If it's the first first week of October and the last week of October, the weather can be quite different here in <laughs> north of the Mason-Dixon. Oh, so, believe me. Uh, yeah. But you'll make it, you know. That's you're just gonna throw. You're gonna throw away an old barn coat, is what you're gonna throw away when you get to <laughs> when you get about south of KC. There goes that barn coat. That's yeah. garbage. And we may not be able to get it from one Honda dealership. We might have to spread it, the love around. Yeah, there's only gonna be a few of them. That it, it's a, based on the Honda Grom. It's a Honda Grom machine, and they were untouchable when they came out. Yeah. With the yeah. day they came out, you couldn't get one. Everybody no. wanted one. You couldn't get uh, one. We've We've got word from Jeff. We're first on the list. Okay. So that's well, I've, a pretty, pretty good deal. I've actually been training for this. I've been Every day I ride my Honda Metropolitan. 
Yeah, it has. Get made fun of by every person in Winterset, <laughs> Iowa. Great. From but you know what? It's a nice green. You know what? We're going to turn heads for a thousand miles. When I was up there in Des Moines a couple of years back, we did the fair, we did the show. I brought back a CT seventy, a, a mini trail seventy, in the back of my truck, and people at the grocery store, at the gas station. We're walking up to my truck saying, God, I remember having one of those. <laughs> and that's what this is about, you know? No, absolutely. So, okay, so the bikes, I assume Honda or Storm Lake or somebody is going to kick in on these bikes, but what am I going to do with the thing when I get down there a thousand miles later? Because two things. One, I, I don't want to. riding it back. I, ain't, I, I don't care. I probably will never want to throw my leg over that bike ever again <laughs> after a thousand miles of, of that. The seat's really okay. small, though, Tony. You're going to love it. You know what, though? I, Based on demand, I gotta you're going to be guy. able to sell it. You'll be able to sell yeah, it. Yeah, you'll be able to sell it. a list of friends who'd be willing to take it off your hands. Oh, well, they haven't seen me. They haven't yeah, seen a bike after a thousand miles. They, they, well, you're going to do what? Leave your garbage where? I've been yeah. throwing clothes away for a week now, and I'm now I'm throwing away motorcycles. You know what? No, I, I've got a solution for everything. Okay. That's the spirit. Well, um, the... Uh, the uh, uh you know like i could probably learn how to speak spanish chinese on all these you know like uh these these i could be playing it in my my helmet and uh because i'm gonna have enough time on my hands <laughs> oh, yeah. riding at 50 miles an hour that's 50 with a skinny guy on it probably yeah. <laughs> be so sweet. Dude, we're gonna go through the ozarks i mean Corey west invited to take us through the middle of arkansas to give us uh, an escort What's I mean, he going to ride, a bicycle? Oh, no, he'll ride one of his Hot Rod XR400s and just make your life miserable. And that's that's going to be when you lose the fork seals, is going to be trying to keep up with Corey West. That's There weren't the fork seals. Yep. They're done. Because you know Tony will get all, he'll get all Cindy. He'll try to keep up and go do some crazy stuff on that bike you, you, you better have cameras blow it out you better have cameras chris i will i will oh, yeah. donate oh, yeah. some hey. high def cameras if i have to facebook i want footage live. yeah facebook live and we're going to make an event out of this you know and hopefully we can get a lot of support from honda you know at the corporate level so that they can see that this is about fun so, well, I yeah. would be I would be more inclined to, and would be if I could That's if I could somehow pull something like that together. I would take uh, the also being released at the same time Cub. That yeah, absolutely, yeah. that'd be yeah. pretty cool to ride that. And it's got the same powertrain, so they'd be good. Road they're doing companions. a Honda Cub again too. Yep, yep. They yep. released both of them, two vintage styled. Yep. Uh, they sure at are. the very same time. So it's exciting. it looks like the Honda Passport of yeah. old, and it, except yeah. you know it's going to run great. It's, well, I've got a date. At the Ironman in Crawfordsville, Indiana, this year, which is the 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 uh, GNCC, it's October twenty seventh, twenty eighth. So, my plan is to uh, to be at that race. So, we're either going to have to boogie boogie before that, or you better bring your long johns, buddy, because it's <laughs> it's freaking cold in Storm Lake, Iowa, or anywhere Wherever up here. Taking off from in in November. I mean, it could be nice, but typically it's. I can't wait. Cold. It ain't. I can't wait. And that is just the most beautiful time of the year, you know, south of the Mason-Dixon. I'm not sure north of Arkansas, but, man, it <laughs> is gorgeous. So. I tell you what, Chris, you're such a, an enthusiast weirdo about motorcycle <laughs> racing. I can't I can't wait to spend six weeks or however long it, is, it takes us to get down there. I'm serious. It'll though, be great. I, I really am serious. This is going to be a good time. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be an adventure. I can't wait. All right. Well, keep me posted on that, I guess. 
Sounds good. <laughs> All right, I want to thank our guests, including Chris Bishop. Also, we had Justin Cooper on, Jessica Patterson, Chris Moeller, Tyler O'Hara, and Shane McElrath. I'm Tony Wink for Roman and PJ and Jack and uh, Leanne. We want to say uh, best wishes to Scott Casper. We hope he gets to feeling better, and we'll be back next week. This has been Pit Pass. So long. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. <clears throat> Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited. the pack with the latest racing news and interviews from the Hammerdown Racing Report, your source for regional racing action as well as the national scene. Every week we recap racing action from all around Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan and cover national racing series from the world of outlaws to NASCAR. Plus get all the latest racing news. Join hosts Scott Hammer and Ron Miller along with different featured guests each week from dirt to asphalt. We have you covered. The Hammerdown Racing Report, available weekly on your favorite podcasting platform.